thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 95 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about your comfort zone, that quote unquote place where a lot of people like to spend their time. What are the benefits of it and why should you do things to get out of your comfort zone, both in your running and in your real life? This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So training outside of your comfort zone. There's lots of ways that you can try and leave your comfort zone as far as the world of running is concerned. That's true, but I think that why don't we start with like the benefits of the comfort zone and kind of just talking about... That comfort zone, because I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I've heard this before, especially if you've done any sort of reading or listening to any sort of like self-improvement, personal development types of podcasts or books or things like that. They always tell you to get outside your comfort zone and challenge your boundaries. And we've said a lot of that in our podcast before as well. Yes, and I've heard a lot of it also. (laughs) Right. So, but let's talk about some of the benefits of that comfort zone and why people tend to default to that training you know training in that zone and also it's comfortable is the answer because it's comfortable it is (laughs) i mean that's part of it but i think there's a little bit more to it don't you yeah definitely especially based on our conversation earlier today when we were talking about trying to figure out what was going on with me and my training and we're having a discussion about me and my improvement and i think you made a very interesting observation like we, t- we talk about how a lot of times, and if you've been a, a listener of the podcast for a little while, you may have heard us say this. So, number one, thank you for listening and continuing Woo-hoo, to listen. You. We love you. Um, we really genuinely love all of our listeners. So, thank you guys so much. And if you're brand new today, thank you for choosing us and welcome. So, a lot of times when people start running, they go out and they just run and they just find a pace that feels relatively comfortable and they run at that pace for an extended period of time yeah they go out maybe maybe the first time they go out they go for like 20 minutes and then they try and stretch it and they can get themselves up to like 30 minutes and some days are a little bit harder than others but most of it's pretty much just the same pace or at least a pretty tight window that they're working with right and you talk about that pace that that comfort pace as not being super helpful a lot of times like a lot of times people go out and they when they start running they're actually running too fast they don't understand what an easy pace actually feels like they just automatically go out and they feel you know they start running at like a moderate to medium pace right well i mean that was kind of my thought on it and then you totally verified and validated that one is that a lot of people when they get into running get into it looking for uh for health benefits how right. can i burn the most calories mm-hmm. and it it logically makes sense that i'm going to burn more calories if i run faster right because it's only sort of on point only sort of on point you say i mean you burn about the same number of calories per mile well maybe i mean maybe like once your body's right you know into it for a little bit yeah. but I mean, when you're at the beginning stages of running, like your body is not efficient at running, so you're going to be burning more calories. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a debate. But when you're a new runner, you feel like if you run harder, you're 
it's a harder workout and therefore you're getting in better shape and you're burning more calories. Yeah, I'm burning more calories. I'm going to get in better shape harder. faster. This, this is hard. I, right. If I'm working out, it should be hard. Right. It's but kind you don't of the, wanna, the philosophy. Right. But you don't want to go out and just start sprinting because you want to be actually able to run for 30 minutes. So you're like, okay, well if I hit, if I hold this pace, like I feel like I'm definitely exerting myself, but I feel like I could still last for I can that make it for the time. 20 minutes and yeah. then, then they can stretch and I can make it for 25 minutes and yeah. I can make it for 30 minutes. And I'd argue that you really want a pace that you can make it for a lot longer than that, which well, is why the, new runners are tricky because they can literally only run for 20 to 30 minutes. But I think it also depends on your goals and a lot of the other things. Yes, very so, much. So anyway, so Kevin was talking about, we were kind of looking at my training over the years and how I got into running. So for those of you that might not know my story, I was an a team sport athlete. Like I played volleyball, basketball, and softball in high school and growing She's up. She's phenomenal. <laughs> but I was not a runner and I hated running because running was punishment. So when I got into running, like to go out and just run for any length of time, more than like 10 or 15 minutes just seemed so boring and so excruciating to me. And I didn't understand why anyone would ever do that. Right. It just, like the biggest word, you nailed it. It wasn't just, it wasn't the excruciating part. It was the boring part. It was part. so boring. It just sounded horrible and boring. Most yeah. of your punishment, well, you had some times where, didn't you have a volleyball that you had to run as many laps as Miss Serves? Yes. Yeah. But and you had to do them under a certain time too. Oh, so they weren't consecutive? Or did you get breaks every lap? No, you got breaks every lap. Oh, okay. So then yeah. still, it's like, it's, that's still interval training mm -hmm. or a lot of punishment. Like I, I watched the football players get punished. If you screw something up, you have to like sprint the field. Yeah. You have to sprint across yeah, suicide liners. Yeah. Whatever they're referred to by the coach, they're yeah. always sprinting. Right. Yeah. We had to do suicides in basketball all the time. That yes. was part of our conditioning. You like ran to the free throw line and then back and then to the half court line and back and then the other free throw line and back and then the whole court and back. There's my favorite part of basketball practice. No. What? Yeah. Liners and the three man weave. That oh. was my favorite oh, part of basketball. Oh, three man weave is fun it was stuff. The best. Liners That's and three man weave and that, that and I'd be done. And then we had I to do like the other part weave. where we actually like played basketball Yeah. and I was, I was not that good. And then you had to try to figure <laughs> out how to do a layup with your left hand and you're like, I'm done. I can shoot a layup with my left hand. Could you? I can. Consistently. Yes. Did you make it? Yes. <laughs> my dad was a lefty and he was like, I can shoot it with my left hand. How come you can't? And I'm like, that's cheating. You should shoot it with your right. And then he did. So then I would in the driveway day after day after day until I could hit a left hand layup. Right. So we talked about how for a long time running was so boring to me that I wouldn't just go out and run in my medium comfort zone because that sounded terrible to me so like in order to make me into a runner you had to start me off with interval training because it was more fun and more interesting yeah like you you never had the background of just go out and run for 20 yeah and now 25 and now 30 and just keep stretching it no you got into it bit by bit interval by interval yeah and it's only been like relatively recently that I've actually gotten to the point where I'm like okay yeah I can go out and you know, do that, run longer distances I mean, without you, having to You have enjoy breaks. your long run on the weekend. I do. You enjoy it. And Ish. you kind of, right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you especially enjoy it if you have company. Well, of course. Yeah. It always depends on who you're with or, yes. you know, what's going on. I mean, I had a really enjoyable solo run the other day. I, I actually put my music on and it was a very meditative, beautiful run that I had. So we used to run with each other. 
on the treadmills yeah yeah i know i love when people ask me if the two of us run together They're like oh your husband runs you guys run together and i'm like <laughs> no 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 we, no, we used to have we used to have adjoining he, treadmills at the he gym he paced that was great. me in my fastest mile ever and like casually jogged in front of me <laughs> saying come on keep up just keep up and i was <gasps> huffing and puffing behind him yeah that was the last time we and, ran and together. that was a good run together <laughs> <laughs> you were very happy. At I the was end. very happy once at you, the end. Once you could speak again. At the end, yes. So anyway, okay, so there's this comfort zone, right? So there's this this comfort zone where you go out and you run and it feels good. It feels it feels like you can maintain that pace for a while and your your breathing's good, everything feels good. Right, but let's connect this to what you just said. Your comfort zone was interval training. Yeah. Your comfort zone was I do a little fast, now we get a little break and I can walk for a bit, mm-hmm. then I do a little bit and I can walk and yeah. moving out of your comfort zone was long, continuous paced runs. Yes. Most people go the other direction. Yes. Most people just go out and run mm-hmm. and they're like, ooh, speed play? That's something that quote unquote real runners do. Mm-hmm. And they, they already have downgraded themselves to not even being a real runner. Which isn't true. Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Because you're a real runner. All real runners. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a real runner. If you're listening to a running podcast, clearly you're a runner. Clearly. Um, even if you're injured, you're still a runner. But they they put out that like oh well I'm not I'm not the kind of person that does speed mm-hmm. and so they just kind of stay in their comfort zone of continuous runs at around like a level five out of ten yeah yeah I mean I have a friend like that and she's her goal one of her goals is running a marathon in every state and she said that you know that's always what she would do she would just go out and she would run and then when she joined our running group and we started doing speed work. That was the first time she's ever done anything like that. And she's been running for like 30 or 20 years. Right. 20 years, I think. But some people can go out and do that and they're fine with that. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. become boring to them. Mm -hmm. And they, they put goals like run a marathon in every state. So they still have something they can keep reaching for. Yeah. And it gets them out the door and running day after day. Yeah. But that kind of running never like interested me. So that's why it's very interesting. Like you said, now that kind of running is outside of my comfort zone. Like that long distance, like, you know, long intervals or not intervals. Or just <laughs> like, not intervals. Just run, or, going out and running one pace or, st- you know, a steady state pace, a medium pace, a moderate pace, like for the whole run. That is definitely something outside of my comfort zone. Right, which puts like 5Ks yeah. and 10Ks, especially like the 10K where you Oof. have to be mentally in it for yeah. like, what's your PR, 52 51. 51. 34. Um, That's a long time to keep your focus for. Yeah. Especially if you default towards interval training. Mm -hmm. Somewhere around the mile marker, you're like, sweet, six by a mile. I'd like to take my walk-in break now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, when we had our, like, we've been putting some speed work into our long runs lately with um, the new plan that that I've been running with my friend, and it's, I look forward to every single break. Right. Like mentally, I'm like, oh gosh, like when I can't wait to walk again or to, you know, have a break again. Right. So for you, the continuous pace is pushing outside of your comfort very, zone. For very a much lot so. of people, adding speed is mm-hmm. pushing outside of their comfort zone. Right. And if you've never done speed, be, be real gradual on your way into it. It's going to be rough on the calves. Yeah. So be real casual. You could start by literally incorporating like strides mm-hmm. once a week mm-hmm. because then it's not a whole lot of volume that you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, before we go into that, like, I mean, I think that the number one thing is 
realizing what is your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, your comfort zone. So I think this is a very interesting point, like uh-huh. exactly what we're talking about. Oh, you're going to spin it onto me, aren't you? Always. <laughs> you know I love you. So, I mean, you're talking about my comfort zone being, my comfort zone is interval training. Like I like shorter and faster things because that's where I grew up. That's that's how I became athletic like you know I was very athletic as a child growing up in these sports but I all of my running came in short bursts so that is my default that is my comfort zone like when I do these workouts sometimes like that 3k pace and these other paces that you're like that didn't destroy you and I was like no that was so easy (laughs) and you're like oh my god I those workouts are so hard for me it's thrown up halfway through yeah and I'm like yeah no that was fine like I could have done another whole set or I could have made my rest shorter like I don't know why I was resting for so long and during this time and you're you know for you like you were the opposite like you grew up with those the long distances with no breaks in it and so I mean, that's, that's your comfort zone. That's where I excelled the most. Yeah. When I was in high school, like I could get through the track workouts. Like I was, I was pretty good. But so you could get with, through them. I could get through them. Yeah. But, but the track workouts were designed. And I mean, when you'd come to practice and people would talk about it, would be like, oh, it's track day. Oh yeah. man, what do we got? How many quarters do we have? Is it half mile repeats? Like, it, like I love that stuff. The, the discussion around it just set themselves up yeah. when you're heading out, knowing that it's a workout day, mm-hmm. that it's going to be a hard one. Whereas the other days where we'd go out and we have, you know, when I first started, everything was out and back on, like we would run bridges. Second bridge was four miles. Third bridge was six miles. Mm -hmm. However many bridges you went and then you turn around and ran them on the way back in. I loved those days Mm -hmm. because I could push those days. And it was like, how hard can I be just a little bit above feeling good? If I just sort of push my foot on the gas, not like I'm flooring it, but just push a little bit and just roll that for six miles. Mm -hmm. I loved it because I could push and not a lot of people would would roll with me. And I enjoyed that part. Which is interesting because, you know, you've talked about before how – in high school, you trained incorrectly or inappropriately because you would push every single day. Yeah, I never took a recovery day because I pushed take, the easy days. Right, you would push because that's what you liked. Yes. But so then it's it's interesting, like, you know, you said that the track days you hated and you wouldn't look forward to those, but I wonder, like, if you actually took your recovery days as recovery – how would those track workouts actually have felt for you? I know. And then the same thing spun into college and snowballed because it went even worse. Because yeah. then I wasn't leading, so I didn't get the joy out of the recovery days. I was trying to hang on yeah. and going faster than I should have on recovery days. Yeah. And following that with speed days that I, I couldn't hardly keep up with. And yeah. That was, a, that was a rough time. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the reasons that it's been so challenging for you to coach me. Yes. Because I am such a different runner than you. Yes, we have very much different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. If you, if I said, hey, what kind of workout do you want to do? And it's just something where you're like, I want to do something where I know I can hit it. I know I can crush it. I'm going to feel good doing it. You default to... Quarters. Quarters run yeah. at somewhere between your mile and, and two mile race pace. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd have a blast doing it. Yeah. Whereas I'd be like, mm, can I do somewhere between six and eight miles at my half marathon pace? Oh. <laughs> That's like, remember Lucy? Yes. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. So number one, like figure out and just think about like, what is your comfort zone? What do you feel most comfortable with? Do you feel better with those like longer, slower runs or the longer medium pace runs? Or do you like having those interval breaks thrown in? 
Like, I think that's number one is like figure out what is your comfort zone. And I think that was so interesting when you pointed that out to me that, hey, you know what? Like based on your history and you as like, you know, this team sport ball sports player, like you love intervals. And I was like, yeah, I love intervals. And you're like, oh, that's your comfort zone. That's your entire background of running is interval training. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, think about, you know, your past. Like, are you the same as me? Or are you more like Kevin? Like, do you like those longer distance runs where you can kind of push the pace a little bit? If so, you're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So anyway, find out what your comfort zone is and then decide to train outside of it. If you want to make some improvements, like a lot of times people, when when you start listening to a podcast, like not only are you trying to connect with other like-minded people, runners, right? Like you understand that there's a running lifestyle, there's a running mentality and you want to get tips and tricks to become a better runner. One of those really big tips is to do something that doesn't feel good. Like do something outside of your comfort zone. Yes, running. Do something that doesn't feel good. I'm pretty sure, that, <laughs> I think that's what it says when you open the dictionary. No. Running. Do something that doesn't feel good. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> so, you know, if if you are someone like me where you enjoy the shorter interval type of training, then start to incorporate the longer runs into your program. Enter, you know, and start to, Kind of push that medium steady pace, right? And longer if you and longer, if you like the stuff where you get to sort of push it a little bit fast, but nothing crazy, you just kind of hold on to that and see how long you can just grind it out. Yeah. Then strides is a good way to to mix that up. Um, mm-hmm. Like unstructured fartlek running, where you just throw mm-hmm. pickups of like a minute throughout your run, just pick up for a minute and then yeah. take a little break and then another minute. You don't have to go into some super structured program, but just having something where you, in fact, have this change of speed throughout your run Mm -hmm. or put some strides at the end of the run. You could do Mm -hmm. hill sprints. There's lots of things that you could do to mix it up. Right. You could also find some new races, right? So if you're normally, if you normally like to race 5Ks or 10Ks, maybe consider running a half marathon. Maybe think about a longer type of race. I mean, if you're into marathons and half marathons, try a 5K and actually think about racing a 5k because I think that a lot of people don't realize how hard 5ks are supposed to be like oh they're so hard in my opinion the 5k really is one of the hardest races race distances because you really have to be just pushing the gas pedal the whole time yes right yeah like people don't understand that like (laughs) you know in a 10k and up like 10k half marathon marathon you're kind of at a relatively comfortable pace at the beginning at the beginning you know like by the 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 challenge is to hold that pace for the length of time but at the beginning you should feel pretty good a 5k is much different like a 5k you are going from the start yeah, no. And, and it's like it's you hit go and you just try to hold on. Yeah, in a 10K, you you find a pace. At the one mile mark in a 10K, you should be like, all right, I'm, I'm a mile into a race. But at mm. the one mile mark in a 5K, you, you should already be hurting Ugh. and think, yep, I got this for two more miles. I don't want to, but I've got this for two more miles. Mm-hmm. Like there should already be pain and you're only a third of the way done. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Do you remember the the first 5K that I tried to PR? Like the, the um, Memorial Day 5K here around our neighborhood. Okay. Right? So it was the first time I was trying to break 27. Okay. And I passed um, 
you guys at the corner, you and the girls, and I had a smile on my face because I was on pace, right? <laughs> like I was running like an 8.30 pace and I was like really excited. I was like 8.39, whatever. I was on pace to like hit my PR. And I, when I passed you, I had a big smile on my face and you were like, you should not be smiling right now. <laughs> like but i'm happy like i'm on pace i was so spot on perfect (laughs) impression of me but you were why are you smiling (laughs) you were 100 not the first person i've yelled that to right like we've had so many kids on the team that come through the one mile mark and they don't look like they're pushing and they don't look like they're in pain and i'm like what are you doing pass 40 people right now and be uncomfortable yeah yeah i mean i was relatively uncomfortable but I was just very happy about the fact you know right. and and I've been there and I, think and I was also the the girls were the with girls you were there. and so there I, was I didn't want to be like you know mom is suffering and <laughs> oh God, mom's right? dying <laughs> right which they've seen in subsequent <laughs> subsequent races they, they've been pretty close to the finish line of some half marathons <laughs> and like some one mile marks of 5k's that yeah. I've been pr- pushing appropriately yes like my my current PR they were there and that was Rough. That was rough. Yeah, that was a rough one. But um but yeah, and I mean I agree with you now too. Now that I'm a coach, like when I see you know our cross country kids like out there and they're smiling, I'm like, "What the heck are, what you, are you doing? doing? Run faster. Run harder. Like you're clearly not running hard enough if you're able to like smile and like wave at me as you run by." Right. Don't wave. You can you can <laughs> run sort harder. of have that like painful grimace yeah. where like you're smiling cuz you know things are going well. But you're still not feeling great about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're a little uncomfortable. I actually ran with a kid in high school. Um, the look on his face when he got into that, like, uncomfortable place, he just naturally got a smile on his face. Mm. But you knew that he wasn't actually feeling good yeah. because it wasn't his picture smile. It wasn't his actual, like, happy, <laughs> I'm, I'm good smile. He had, like, a painful smile? Yeah, but it, it looked genuine. His eyes were, like, like he had this look in the race, like he enjoyed the race. Like so Joey. he was clearly enjoying what was happening, but the way that he, like... The, the grimace of pain looked like a genuine smile. And so everyone's like, there's no way he's pushing hard enough. He's smiling. Yeah. But if you watched him, like, sprint the final straightaway, like, everything he possibly had, he'd, like, collapse on the other side yeah. of the finish line. Like, that was clearly it. Well, that's like Joey. Still had a smile on his face. Like, when, when Joe used to race, like, he would have always have a smile, and then he would, like, pull over and start puking, and then continue to then run. He'd wipe it off, smile, and wave <laughs> yeah. to the crowd And again. always smile. Yes. Yeah, because that was just his personality. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> there's just people like that, which, I mean, God bless them, but... Whew, man, that is that is hard. So a 5K should feel really hard. So if you're used to running marathons and half marathons and you're really good at that long distance, like run a 5K and really try to push it and actually see what you're capable of because that hurts or and it should hurt. F- find a mile. Yeah. Depending on where you live, you might be able to you find know, an, an all-comers meet and hit a mile. We should do that like this summer maybe like just have like a thing where we get – people together and do an all-out mile be fun i mean yeah. i know when i was in high school like every weekend there was there was a high school by me that hosted all comers meets mm-hmm. like i could go to it all summer long yeah. every single week and i could race an all-out mile yeah. depending on where you are that might happen or if mm. you just gather a group of people you can probably get a decent group of people to mm-hmm. say hey ever try and see how fast you can run just one mile because yeah. most 
recreational runners don't race a mile. At the mm-hmm. lowest end, they race a 5K. Yeah, most people don't know what their mile PR could be. Right. It's it's like the one of one mile inside of a 5K. Right, but it's the question that all of like my students ever ask me. Hey, you're pretty fast. How fast can you run a mile? I'm yeah. like, um, well, when I was 17, I yeah. ran this, but I've never raced a mile since then. Really? I've never I've never raced a mile. You got to do it since I graduated mile. high school. All right, I think we should. What do you guys think? Should we give Kevin the mile challenge yeah we should do a, a mile challenge in our group brilliant yeah in our uh facebook group on our tribe all right on bring facebook. it on tribe i've got you all right maybe august or september august is going to be a hot one to do it sounds fun we'll, we'll make that one of our monthly challenges like we'll challenge everybody to run your fastest mile and post it in our tribe and if you're not a member of our tribe yet you can head over to our website realliferunners.com and click up on the top where it says Facebook Tribe and request access to our group because it's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. But right, anyway. So you've got, you got new races. You've got new speeds that you can run at during practice. Different terrain. Terrain. Yeah. I mean, like, if you normally race on sidewalks and roads like most people, like, maybe try a trail. Maybe try just running in the grass next to the path where you normally run. Like, that's not easy. If you're constantly just doing like the same loop around city streets and there's never any inclines to it, mm-hmm. find some hills to run on. Yeah. Find them somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if you live in Florida, the hills are not easy to find. They're but you in the can form find of some overpasses. Bridges, yeah, and overpasses. And stadium steps and but things like that. But if you're in other places, you might be, you know, you might have a lot of hills nearby. Or if you're constantly running hills and you're never used to running that flat stuff, you might need to take a little drive and find some place where you can go flat for a little while and just see what that feels like to just hit nothing but flat and just cruise that pace without mm-hmm. having to worry about climbing and, down- and falling. Is there a benefit of that? Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're on hills and like actual trails and hill running Mm. that has its own benefit because you're automatically building up the stabilizing muscles because you're not sure where that next foot's going to land how it's going to land so you have to kind of be a little bit careful of that right but when you then flip and you go to like a flat surface and roads or sidewalk or something like that you can almost mentally check out so the run itself is less stressful because you just hit a good cruising pace Mm. and you don't have to think about your footfall Hmm, that's interesting Okay, so like mentally, there's mental benefits of that run. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's it's less difficult to hit the exact same pace. And it's not just because you're not climbing a hill. It's the difference between running on a trail and running on a flat surface. Okay. Because you just roll. All right, cool. So there's lots of different ways that you can step outside of your comfort zone. And we'd love to hear from you and let us know, you know, if you're a part of our tribe, Throw it, throw it at us there. If you want to hit us up on Instagram, we would love for you guys to direct message us on Instagram. You can find our names in the show notes of this episode, angiebrown.rlr and kevinbrown.rlr. I mean, hit us up on Instagram. Send us a direct message and let us know how you plan on stepping outside of your comfort zone or how you already have. So some of the benefits of getting outside of your comfort zone is like it's that freedom that you gain right the freedom to experiment also gives you the freedom to fail yeah if you happen to already be following me you've seen some of my attempts at throwing some speed in because i feel like somewhere around january i suggested i was going to try my lifetime mile pr this year 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to incorporate a little bit more speed. And, well, as previously established, I like a six to eight mile just tempo <laughs> run. Not tempo, like a steady state run. And mm-hmm. just hit that pace and, and go. Yeah. And I've been trying to really push aggressively down on some, like, 400s and 200s and it does not always go smoothly for me as much as sometimes it leaves me sort of doubled over on the side there was a woman that passed me the other morning as I was finishing up my run and she actually stopped walking her dog and came over to me and asked me if I was okay what does your 200 pace look like quick like what like four are you you sub four yeah like what is your pace for a 200 um are you sub four yeah I'm trying to hit around 30s like Around 30, what? 30 to 32. So that's like a four-minute mile. That's a four-minute mile. Yeah. Holy moly. That's impressive. But yeah. So just just, <laughs> just curious. Yeah, there. just just pausing there. So, I mean, I'm excited when I hit like sub six for those. But anywho, so growth, you growing as a runner and really as a human individual follows stress. Like you have to change Something in your life, there has to be some sort of stress integrated or not integrated, incorporate applied, applied, yes. a stress applied, a stress applied to your life, to your life, actually make you not feel comfortable. Otherwise, you're just going to stay where you're at, and that's going to force you to grow. Right? You can't grow unless you actually push, mm-hmm. like in in any aspect, whether it's running, whether it's uh, whatever aspect of your life you're looking to try and, and actually further yourself and be in a better state than you're currently at, it requires you to move away from where you are. Yeah. Given adequate recovery. Yes. Given adequate recovery, <laughs> <laughs> which comes back a couple more times here is there's a caveat to some of this is you can't just live your entire life outside your comfort zone because yeah. your body will always be in a flight or fight or flight state right and we've talked about yeah we don't want that you don't want to just be living in a constant state of stress there needs to be yeah there needs to be recovery so that your body can actually make the adaptations that the stress that you just placed on it is causing your body to to make right so to to clarify for that if you are generally a person who just goes out you've got your like 30 to 40 minute run and you're like they're right i've heard it over and over again but today's the day i've decided i'm going to start incorporating speed you should not do it every day for the next 14 days Mm -hmm. that's a great way to get yourself broken and burned out yeah so you need you need a little speed and yeah. then you need to go back to that place where you can actually recover which mm-hmm. is well it's your comfort zone it is your comfort zone or a little bit slower than your comfort zone in probably some, a little in, bit slower in some actually. cases right yeah that's the whole everybody runs there if if you're just always running one pace you're probably running it too fast so yeah push harder on your hard days pull back a little bit easier on your easy days and make sure that you're sleeping a lot yeah i think that that's the key is that when you start to step outside of your comfort zone you actually need to have more recovery days you need to be more conscious about your recovery days because your body needs that time to adapt to the new stress that you're placing on it right which both of us have been focusing on lately i believe is as i try and and push even harder on speed days i'm really trying to mentally make sure that i never try and slip into too fast on just a recovery distance day because especially early in the morning where i'm not quite as in tune with my body because i'm still half asleep or i'm actually trying to rush through the run so that i can get back and get ready for work on time 
I end up going a little bit too fast in the recovery. So I'm trying to make sure that if if I need to cut a mile off of the run, that's better because I'm still at actually recovery pace. Yeah, for sure. And I think that when you start to step outside of your comfort zone, I think that that place can be very scary for some people, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole idea of a comfort zone is. And, you know, keep in mind that you're telling yourself that that is your comfort zone and that some you know stepping outside of that is scary so start to tell yourself a different story like tell you instead of saying wow this is scary or I'm not sure what I'm doing like just understand that everything is an experiment like running and your general health is an experiment and maybe you're not going to make the right decision and that's okay. Like I think that a lot of times people have this fear of failure, right? They think like, I don't want to step out and I don't want to do the wrong thing. So I'm going to stay right here because I know right here is safe. This is okay. I feel good here. This is okay. Like I know that, you know, if I maintain here, I'll be okay. Yes. If I go over there, I may improve, but what I might not. But what if I get injured? So I should just stay here. Yeah. Because if I do that, I might get injured. Right. And and that's true. Like stepping outside of your comfort zone, you might get injured. Like when you add an additional stress into your life, into your training, if you increase speed or if you increase distance, there is an increased risk of injury. Right. That's what stress does. It literally stresses your body and then you have to physically adapt. So, you know, people are scared that they're going to make the wrong decision or do the wrong thing. So they're just going to stay right where they are. But I think that it's important to understand that health and running are both experiments. Like sometimes you might get it right and then you're going to see great gains in your fitness and in your health and in your running and you're going to drop PRs and you're going to get faster and you're going to be excited because you're seeing improvement. And there are other times that you might introduce a new stress or a new training method or a new type of run, and you might not see many gains. Right. And or, that is a lot harder. Or they might they might be there, but they're just, they're small. Or they're delayed. They're coming really slow. Right. Like there's some stresses that you can add that you're not going to see massive benefits quickly. Right. You know, like if, they're down the road, you're going to see them. Right. Yeah. And they're going to be big. Right. But it's not easy to see right away. No. And that's, I mean, one of the biggest ones is by adding mileage. Yeah. Like if you just do what you're doing and increase your mileage by 10 to 15 percent mm-hmm. you're gonna get better yeah. but not next week yeah like it's not gonna be next week yeah that's it's, one of the things i'm dealing it's with weeks right now and months and years ahead yeah. like i didn't i didn't when i first started running i was not able to do what i can do right now it's, right it's years of endurance that i've built up that i'm able to do- drop some sometimes yeah i mean and you've always been a very gifted runner you ever since the beginning but you have definitely improved throughout the years and become a stronger and more intelligent runner like you've been you're now stronger in all aspects and i think a huge thing is mentally for you yes yes i did not have great mental tactics when i was younger i've got a whole lot of different mental tactics to go at right now Mm -hmm. and i mean yes when i started out running I, there was there was definitely an aspect of it that I was pretty good pretty quickly. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I was surrounded by people on my my team who were substantially better. Yeah. So I didn't come out as like a freshman and be like, "Ooh, look how fast I am! I'm faster than everybody." Like there was a kid on my team who could beat me by over forty five seconds in the mile. Mm-hmm. Like wow, <laughs> like, forty five seconds in a mile. Yeah. 
Wow. And I ran five minutes as a freshman, but he was under 415. So wow. <laughs> like there's, that's a substantial difference. Like that's racing the mile and being on the wrong side of the track when he crosses the finish line. Yeah. He, he was in a whole different category. Yeah. But I think that that's a really th- important thing to point out is that when you change things up, when you step outside of your comfort zone, you might not see results right away and mm-hmm. that's okay. But I think that a lot of times people are just impatient and they expect to see the results right away. And if they don't see them right away, they just assume that they're not doing the right thing and they change it again. Right. And so then you get that person that like jumps from plan to plan. They jump from strategy strategy to strategy and they never actually give it time to take hold, to actually reap the benefits of what you're doing right so that's i mean that's part of it is you have to kind of figure out how long it's going to take before you get benefits from some of these and a lot of these adaptations are going to take at least a couple of weeks before you start seeing significant benefits and if if your big change here is adding extra mileage it's going to take longer than just a couple weeks to see substantial benefits to that guy how long would you say depends on what you consider substantial but probably like a few months at a minimum yeah um it also depends on where you're starting from there's so much variability in this guy Mm -hmm. of how big those benefits are going to be yeah so once you understand that getting outside of your comfort zone means experimentation you have to accept that Sometimes when you do an experiment, like this is the same thing when you do a science experiment in school or, you know, these researchers get these million dollar grants from the NIH and like all these places, right? And they're going to do a science experiment. Like sometimes they don't get the result they're looking for. Like Like sometimes there's no result. I guess that if I do this, I get this result. Right. And you do, you do A, hoping for B and you get C. Or, or, yeah, or just nothing. Yes. Like, I mean, there are sometimes that they do these experiments expecting great things and nothing happens. Or the results are just so scattered. Yeah. yeah we, we tried it with a group of 100 people and 50 of them it was positive and right. 50 of them it was negative. Like yeah. what? That's, that's not a result at all. Yeah. But once you accept that experimentation sometimes means that you don't get the ideal results, that you don't get what you are hoping for, you don't get what you were looking for, then you sometimes it just becomes fun and sometimes it can become easier to do things. Yes, well, that's the thing about uh, not getting the result that you want right. is really how do you interpret that? Yeah. Is not getting the results you want failing? No, it's probably just learning something and then trying something new after that. But I mean, this is the conversation that you and I were having the other day with my heart rate runs. Like we were talking about my training. Like, uh, you know, I have training partners that I train with on a weekly basis and I'm like why is their heart rate so much lower than mine when we're going out and doing the same runs like they're in better shape than me what am I doing wrong like I was starting to question everything that I was doing and then I'm like well I'm not exactly doing everything that they're doing like I'm not doing all the recovery runs that they're doing I'm not doing all of the you know I'm doing different strength work than they're doing like I'm not doing the same exact thing so I am getting different results yes which made sense that you would be getting different results right you were also didn't make it easy to swallow no certainly not but you were also trying to compare yourself to people and unless you have the same like background for the last many many years and the exact same training plan and even then it might not work the same because there's still an underlying genetic issue going on here right well and nutrition and nutrition you know i mean there's so much other stuff going on and like we talk about this all the time about real life like 
you can train, you can run the same workouts as your friend, but are you eating the same? Are you strength training the same? Are you getting the same amount of sleep? Are you drinking the same amount of wine every night? <laughs> like, are you, you know, like, or do you what, have what the same those, stress level at work? That's what I was going to say. The, the yeah. outside of running stress level. Yeah, like your children. Like, do you have children that are the same ages that are providing the same amount of stress? Like, right. no, you don't. Like, your entire life is different. So just because you are running the same training plan as someone else or picking and choosing from the training plan like I was doing and expecting to get results, which doesn't work. Um, you're not going to get the same results because you're not the same person. No, about the only thing that uh, that we can kind of fall on here is consistency yeah. in whatever you're doing will lead to improvement. And that's one of the things that I've said, okay, like I have definitely been slacking in my running and in my strength training lately. Like I've been doing it, but I've been doing enough to maintain. I haven't been doing enough to improve. So you've been living in your comfort zone? I've been living in my comfort zone. But you know what? I think that sometimes that's needed, especially like after a race cycle, you know, like you've been building up to a big race. We need down cycles. And we've talked about this in, in, you know, in our, in our episodes before, like you need up cycles, you need down cycles, you need cycles where you're actually trying to push the boundary and improve yourself. And you need cycles that you're just trying to maintain. Right. That's well, that's a healthy way to train. Right. I mean, if you have a cycle where you're literally just doing the same thing, yeah. your body will become really efficient at it and mm-hmm. you will actually start detraining, but you're still gaining mental relief from it and giving yourself the ability to then fire it back up and then climb to a higher level than you were before. Mm. But if you stay in one spot for too long, your body just becomes really efficient. Okay. So the detraining portion of it, how long does that take to occur? I mean, I know it's probably different for every person, it but de- like... It depends on how long you live in that comfort zone for. Yeah, that's interesting too. So, so anyway, but basically, like going back to our experimentation, you get comfortable at experimenting, right? Like you start to gain confidence knowing that it's okay to try new things, and sometimes the things work, and sometimes they don't work, and that's okay. You gain confidence just in experimenting itself. Then you start seeing that trying new things is actually a fun thing to do Mm -hmm. and getting it wrong is not a negative it's just that that experiment went wrong and it lets you try a different experiment it's a data point it's just a data point it's it's not a right or wrong there's no there's no negative to it it's not Mm -hmm. a moral issue that you're wrong it's just a data point it's an observation (laughs) on how your body responds to whatever stimulus you just threw at it yes but the question is how do you analyze and determine when like if or when that thing works for you because like you just said like sometimes you don't see the results right away so how do you know if this new training stimulus is actually working for you kind of let it ride for enough time that you should be seeing results from it how much time is that it, at least a couple of months, probably, mm-hmm. depending on what it what it is that you're adding in. You know, if you've well, been running it constantly. Well, then it's also it how constant, frequently are you adding it in? Like, you know, there's so Are you so adding many... in it enough intens- intensity? Because right. when I'm saying, hey, if you've never done speed before, add some strides in, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to reap massive speed benefits, massive endurance benefits from doing a few strides a couple times a week. But what you're going to get is the strengthened Achilles so that you can start incorporating more speed so that you can get it to the point where you 
you can now start incorporating speed mm-hmm. and then that's going to it's it's going to be exponential growth mm-hmm. it's slow at first because what you're doing is really just trying to help solidify the foundation make sure that your muscles are in fact ready yeah. to do things like speed you know put some strides and put some drills in, make sure your form is good mm-hmm. and then you're set and ready to roll on the speed before you just hit extra pounding and break your body because you're like, oh, speed is the answer. No, yeah. there's lots of answers. There's a lot of ways to get to whatever goal you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that right there, what you just said, like points out the biggest key of all, which is you need that consistency. So like you might not see immediate benefits from what you're doing but those things are part of a plan they're part of a system that is building you up to prepare you for the things that you need to do in the future yeah that's like when you asked me i don't know it was a while ago yeah. like year a couple years ago you're like so how long should somebody be running before they run a marathon mm-hmm. like this was not for you you just like threw it out at me yeah. one time i'm like uh five years yeah right (laughs) and And, and and most people don't think of it that way most people don't and a lot of people you know they see a marathon as a bucket list kind of thing and some runners even get into it with the marathon with a marathon with a marathon like that's (laughs) like oh i've never run a step in my life i'm gonna run a marathon like because i need to get healthier and so they just automatically set that goal as as their target so we're not going to comment on that right now I I don't know if you could tell from Kevin's already, like, you know, comment that he's not a big fan of that. Like, you know, whatever creates new runners, but I like lifelong runners. I like people that are going to do it and then keep going. Right. And a lot of times if you get into running with marathon as the goal, like sometimes people jump into it too, too much too soon. They get injured, they get burnt out and then they do their marathon and they never run again after that. And that's what we don't like. Because they, they just drag themselves across the finish line, telling themselves for 26 miles, I'm not a runner, but I can check it off my list. Yeah. And that's not really the, the main goal. Like we, are here to help people understand that running should be a lifelong thing or can be a lifelong thing if you do it correctly like if you run correctly if you strength train if you do all these things and if you do them in the right order because you are building up and maybe this is a good time to mention our new membership program that we're creating yeah the the key to consistency the key to consistency like so we've mentioned it in a couple episodes before like we are creating a new membership program and we are so excited about this for you guys because it will literally walk you through the steps of becoming a better runner like it doesn't matter if you are a brand new runner or if you've been someone that have been that's been running for a really long time like we've said before a lot of times people get into running just to lose weight or to get in shape and they don't understand the steps that it takes to become a better faster stronger more consistent runner that can avoid injury and that that cycle that a lot of runners get into yeah it doesn't just have to scroll through instagram and follow a few runners and say that was their workout i guess i'll do that one tomorrow exactly so the program that we're creating is so cool it is going to be six months to a year like i think it's going to be a full year of steps, actionable things that you can start adding to your program, to your training plan. It's going to be teaching you how to become a better runner, basically helping you learn how to coach yourself. Oh, it's a full year. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely going to be a full year of programming, but we don't want to scare people away. Like we'll put it out there right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, that's what it is. That that alone moves me outside of my comfort zone, but, but putting it on here and hitting the, I say, yeah, no, Mm -hmm. record's still going and saying it's going to be a year. Yeah. 
it's it's going to be, be yeah it's going to be a year of programming like where it's helping like i said step by step walking you through learning how to become a better stronger runner and avoid that injury cycle back to the episode yeah Con- <laughs> consistency is key right. and that's literally it's the theme of that of that program which i think is why you hit it yeah is. Um, you know, it's why right now I've hit a pretty good high point for my own training cycle. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, tell us about the last three months of your training. Uh, the last three months. I told this to Riley this morning. I think it was this morning. She couldn't even understand it. Hmm. I said that I've averaged 200 miles a month for yes. the last three months. Yes. Because I hit 190, 200, and 210. Mm-hmm. She was like, what? And <laughs> how, many, how many miles is that a day? Uh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. But I've, I haven't been trying to crazy build. I didn't go from like, it wasn't a 10% increase every week. I went from 190, I added 10 extra miles over the course of the next entire month. Mm. And I had 10 more miles over the course of the entire next month. Yeah. Like it wasn't this crazy build. And I'm not seeing huge benefits, but I know that I'm I'm still gaining. Yeah. I'm still improving. And you kind of just keep going because the benefits are, they're building. Yeah. They're definitely coming. Yeah, and you even said that to me the other day. Like when you were just standing here, you said like i'm in just getting constantly getting in better shape which i like i'm the last time that i've strung together three months that look like this i'm not sure yeah so that's that's, that's interesting. pretty cool so that takes us to our last point which is seeing the big picture yes yeah yeah it's hard to see where what you want to do with your running like why would i move outside of the comfort zone unless you see the actual big picture unless um you truly understand what the goal is that you're aiming for mm-hmm because if the goal is that you want to get out there and you want to be exercising on a regular basis and you want to stay as injury free as possible, then your your thirty to forty minute casual pace run is probably not that not that bad of an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think understanding your goal and the point of your running is really the key. Like, are you just doing this for general health? Are you just trying to maintain your weight? Are you trying to maintain your fitness or are you trying to get better? Like, what is your goal? Like, and either is fine. Like whatever is right for you. Like we're not sitting here trying to say like, Oh, like just maintaining is not good enough. Like that's definitely not the case because if that's what's right for you right now in this phase of your life, then that's fantastic. Like, and we've talked about this before. Like there are different phases. There are different seasons of your life. Like, Maybe you are a mom or a dad and you have small children in a full-time job and you are just doing your best to maintain where you are and not, you know, gain 20 pounds over the next year, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is a very honorable place to be. Maybe you are trying to get faster. Maybe you're trying to lose weight. Maybe you're trying to see what you're capable of. Maybe you are trying to run your first half marathon or marathon and those are fantastic goals. But in order to achieve new goals, in order to do these new things, you are going to have to step outside of your comfort zone and start doing some hard things. Like I have a friend and I love her deal. Like she's great. She's like, Angie, like, she, like I do speed work, you know, a couple times a week um, with my running group. And she's like, I wake up and I come here and do hard things with you. <laughs> I come here and I do hard things with you. Make you make me do hard things. And I'm like, yeah, but hard things are good for you. You know, like we do the hard things together. That's what we do. Yes. And that, and and together really helps that thing. It does. Um, but, you know, if 
you mentioned if you are good with maintaining, the problem is if you stay too long in the same like exercise routine, you're no longer going to maintain. Your body mm-hmm. will eventually decide that it's so good at that that you're going to have to do something a little bit more to right. maintain your same level. Yes. So you you do ultimately have to step outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. If what you're looking to do is get a little bit faster, there's some pretty solid research that suggests that building a large aerobic base of comfortable paced running and following it with some interval training will rapidly pay you some pretty good dividends Mm -hmm. much better than the reverse right well and that's one of the reasons that we have our cross-country kids do base building in the summertime like we don't give them workouts in the summer i mean sometimes we throw in a a couple things here and there just for boredom factor there's just enough for boredom because they're still Mm -hmm. high school kids Right, a.k.a. their Angie, <laughs> like me, because I, I got bored doing things. I look at some of them as, as you. I right. mean, two of our top kids are basketball kids, so kind of like you. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So, but I mean, so we throw some stuff in just to help them avoid boredom, but ultimately the goal is running mileage, increasing your mileage, getting that slow, easy aerobic base built so that come – cross-country season in August, we can start throwing these speed workouts at them and their body is going to be able to adapt and be able to um, handle that extra stimulus. Yes, especially as they then start adding the extra stress of school on top of it. It's nice if they already have this aerobic base built in. Otherwise, it's just too much and the results are remarkably inconsistent with uh, with high school kids and trying to deal with that level of stress yeah all right so um there's also there's sort of the reality of this there's what research says but Mm -hmm. then there's the reality so the research is that build your base build a base then throw some intervals on top of it in order to get faster yes that you will get better payout from that than doing the reverse than doing interval training than doing my way Yours yours will get there. It's just going to take a little longer because you started with intervals. Now, essentially, you have to build the base, and it's going to take you longer base building. And then you can go back and hit intervals, and you'll be at an even higher level. Mm -hmm. But you never built the base. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm building. You are building. I'm You're totally building. building. Yeah. Like, it's weird to look at you and say you haven't built the base when you can go out and run double digits on the weekend. Exactly. So, you you certainly have I definitely a have a base. aerobic base. I mean, it's definitely not the size of yours, but well, we're not going to compare sizes right now. No. Because this is a family show. All right. Let's go back to reality. Reality. Back Over to the reality. Oh. Over there goes the gravity. span of several years, <laughs> consistent running. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're doing intervals, whether you're doing long and slow running, just consistently running is going to get you in very good shape. Mm -hmm. That you will just kind of continue steadily improving. Honestly, you'll just keep moving. Mm -hmm. Whatever that base is, uh, that you just keep going forward. It's when you have to keep stepping back because you get injuries, then it sidetracks you. So... Um, well, extensive base building can get a little dull and you might not see the really quick results with it. You're still improving. It's, uh, somebody was just talking to me, um, about they were training for a marathon coming up in the fall and they're yeah. like, it's, it's getting a little rough, but I feel like like next month it's going to start getting a little bit better and their marathons in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you still got a couple more before it starts getting better. <laughs> like you're in that part of training yeah. where you just are like, you were 
consistently hitting 10 miles yeah. and now you've got to build it from being able to hit 10 to being able to hit 20 mm. and that's it's rough because yeah. there's nothing exciting about it yeah it's just adding more and more yeah. miles well, if you that's... do it over years you get even greater benefits but mm. it's still it's it's a grind it's yeah. a day after day grind yeah and that's where i am right now like you said like i'm just trying to con- continuously increase my base yes and that's like, you know, I have a friend that's training for Chicago now, and you asked me if I was going to do her long run with her this week, and her long run's 15, and I've never run that before. Like, the longest I've ever run before is 14, and while I'm not training for Chicago, I'm like, yeah, I, th- I think I might just because I want to see if I can. Like, and I know I can, mm-hmm. but, like, I want to do it you know like I want to because I know that I need to I need to start building and that can only benefit me like even if I'm not training for a marathon this year it's only going to benefit me in the long run right like we've got we got as long as I do it um, intelligently intelligently. so I don't get injured so we got a client who we've worked with who in their marathon build-up they got to 20 Mm -hmm. and now they're doing another marathon build-up Right. If they get to 20 again and they actually, on, on the plan, they're going to get to 20 a couple of times. Yeah. But that's not two times of getting to it. That's your last plan that built you up to 20 plus the marathon. Right. Plus you had a couple more half marathons in there. Mm-hmm. All of that is still c- carrying over and getting you to the next race. Yeah. So even if you run the exact same plan, it's there's a cumulative effect of year over year buildup that yeah. the endurance is just keeps snowballing along mm-hmm. until you've got this massive endurance and then you throw some things on top of it. You try yeah. and figure out how to incorporate a bunch of stuff. That, that's, that's the challenge is how yeah. do I bring all of it together? Yeah. But you can kind of fit the pieces together mm-hmm. and use this huge base that you've been building over years it's phenomenal where you, where running can take you yeah and that's one of the things that I think is interesting like when people are talking about training for a marathon or a half marathon they're like my training starts July 1st you know like today's the first day of training and it's like well no but your training started 10 you've, years ago when you started running <laughs> you've been running. training this whole time like maybe you haven't been on a structured plan maybe you've been base building maybe you've been doing different things yeah you know, but like I always like get a little chuckle when people are like, today is day one of marathon training. Like, no, like day one was a long time ago. No, today is day one of this current yeah. macro cycle. Like that's what you've gotten. Right. We're getting to cycling a whole nother episode because we've gone pretty darn long on this one. I think this might be our longest episode ever. No, we pushed an hour before. I don't know. We've never surpassed an hour. No. All right. Well, there you go. No. this. I think this might be our one of our longest. I think this is our longest. Okay. Maybe I'll just keep debating whether it's our longest to try to stretch it out a bit a little bit longer <laughs> kevin's just kevin's shaking his head i think we're gonna have to start doing some video episodes too yes we really might have to do some of these guys all right kev so i think we should wrap this up yes you have think, an, a, what's, what's our final takeaway here um leave your comfort zone gain the experience of experimenting and realize that it can be fun even when you quote unquote fail because it just gives you a chance to keep experimenting. Well, like, like, and there is no failure. I like that no. you put that quote in quotes because it, there is no failure. No, it's all just a big, stopping. Yeah, it's just a big experiment. And just realize that it's an experiment and getting outside of your comfort zone is fun and can lead to really cool things. Yes, like all this right. podcast. Like this podcast. Well, yeah, we talked about that too, about how this doing this podcast is something that's outside of your comfort zone very very much so and i would say mine too i think so too yeah so like and it's brought so many good things into our life yes including you guys so thank you as always for listening to us and if you'd like to join our facebook tribe you can head over to the website 
realliferunners.com to request access. And you can also find our show notes over there as well. It's episode number 95. So realliferunnerspodcast.com forward slash episode 95. You can find our show notes there. Thank you guys, as always, for spending this time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode 95. Now get out there and run your life. 